Welcome back to our podcast called The Closing, in which we talk about any and everything real estate related. Again, I'm your host, Corey Knight, and today I have a very special guest with me, Randall Brown. He's not only a funny guy, but he's also the Southeast Area Manager for Credit Plus, which I know is a credit service we use here at Southeast, as well as I, well, I know it teaches down handle at Southeast, that they're huge nationally. So Randall, welcome to our podcast today. Hello, Corey. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Well, how, how was your how was your drive in to uh, corporate here this morning? Drive in was good, about an hour and a half. Uh, oh, that's good. Of, yeah, long. Consisted <laughs> of dancing, but that's about it. Dancing. dancing. So, so you're the guy I see, sit there seeing as as I'm moving a whopping eight miles an hour on a on a twelve lane highway, bouncing up and down in the car. That's me. You got to make the best of it. Not going anywhere for a while, so grab some music. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully you'll listen to this podcast too. Just. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I had to, had to put the plug in there. If you don't ask, you don't get. True. So, um, but Randall, really, thanks for coming today because I know you work a lot with us here, with our loan officers here, helping our clients, helping our agents. And I know a, a lot of people even ask me, you know, hey, credit, how's my credit? What do I do? How do I fix it? How? There are so many moving parts. And I figured the only way to handle the moving parts is to have an expert of those moving parts. So again, thanks for being here today. So to start it all off, just let's go, let's go high level, like general, how does credit and credit scoring work? So credit scoring works is, uh, it, it's usually the FICO score that the mortgage industry uses and other industries also. So there, there's many types of credit scores. Uh, the banking industry has their own FICO, uh, mortgage, auto, uh, insurance. So there, there's so many types of FICO scores. Uh, but in the mortgage uh, arena, what we do is we look at the likelihood that a person will default on a loan within a 24 month period. So that's why, you know, recently in the last, you know, three or four years, trended data has been so important uh, because that's what that data is showing everyone is, is that bar a transactor or a revolver? And what they're using is taking those analytics and saying, okay, if this person pays, you know, the minimum payment on their credit card, they're more likely to default on a loan in a crisis period in their life versus someone that pays off that credit card every month. They're less likely to fold in a crisis because they have reserves available. So that's kind of a high level on kind of what the credit score looks at. Uh, low level is just who you are in the financial space. Your ability to repay. Okay, so um, that, I mean, there you really to give me a high level on that. So when when you're talking, like I guess you say the different industries you have, I guess we look at it when you say for the mortgage side, the last twenty four months. I guess it's more. Are they going to default on the house? Is that kind of like the, the biggest thing, or what what impacts it the most? I guess. So yeah, so you don't want um, basically this is someone's biggest asset. Uh, so you don't want them ever to default. So you do a lot more due diligence um, in the mortgage process versus, say, a credit card uh, company or an auto company. Uh, because think about it. The difference is in the credit card environment, I'm lending maybe $3,000, right? Uh, well, auto industry, I'm lending maybe $30,000. In the mortgage industry, you're in uh, lending maybe Three hundred thousand. So there's a difference there. So the attributes and criteria of what the mortgage companies and also credit card companies, auto companies look at, it differs. 
Okay, so that's where I guess one thing for consumers, agents, loan officers out there, I guess, to think if someone comes on in and say, yeah, well, last time I, I bought a car, my credit score was, you know, X, Y, Z, that could translate totally different depending on what you're going for next as far as credit wise, correct? Yes, because things are weighed differently in the mortgage FICO. Um, and it's just because it's a it's a larger asset and the longevity of that asset. So look at the time frame of an auto loan at seven years uh, versus a mortgage at 30. Uh, okay. You just want to make sure that that bar is able to pay. Um, I, you know, people always say, you know, I got the mortgage. They ask me for everything and, and they should. Uh, right. Because this is your biggest asset, because what's going to happen is if you default on the loan, you're going to say, oh, you know, why did they give me this? loan? OK, that makes sense. Um, so when you talk about this, there's all different types of credit. There's installment, there's revolving, you know, mortgage, you know, kind of what which ones are looked better on? Which ones are looked down on? Do you have to have credit lines open? Should you pay them off and close them? How what are some of the different things that work in that? scoring model. So when you look at credit and uh, it's a constant contradiction because what happens is when you have credit cards, you know, when I grew up, they said, Randall, don't ever get credit cards. They're the devil. Right. Right. Well, what they don't know is credit cards make up about 30 percent of your credit score. So which means is if you don't have credit cards, you won't see your score moving like it should. If you do have them and pay them off every month, Depending on when you pay that card off, it's a, if it doesn't report to the bureaus, it's like you're not using it because the, the bureaus don't see your utilization. They only see what your uh, balance is that day when they okay. go pull the uh, information from uh, the creditors. So that's why I always say if you have a credit card, use it, use it for gas. You know, always keep that balance under the 30 percent mark. Uh, because that keeps your, your ratios high. Okay, so the 30% of the maximum credit allowed. Of the credit limit. Okay. Yes. Um, and that way you'll see, you know, your scores won't be impacted as much. Um, you have to use those credit cards. Even your oldest credit cards make a difference because that makes up 15% of your credit score. Oh, wow. Okay. So now if, if someone has a card like they, that they haven't used in a long time, is it best for them just to go ahead and close it or... Use 20 bucks on it a month. And I, I have one that I have since had since college. Literally, it's a $200 limit. Right? <laughs> that's, that's all, all I needed in college. <laughs> all I qualify for. <laughs> all I qualified for, right? No job, no nothing. Still got $200. But literally, I use it once every six months for gas and then, you know, pay it back off. Okay, so that's 30%. So what does installment Debt, installment more. really it's there installment payments don't change so there's really nothing you can do with that uh, it helps to have installment because it it goes into the diversity of your credit report but there's really nothing you can do with it but just pay it on time okay and what's it you like for credit card balances you said it's best to be like at that 30 percent or under or under yeah. what about I, I know with installment balance you're kind of you're kind of out of luck a little bit up front by you got to pull it all out right there and then pay it down. Where's like the magic number to be at as far as? So there really isn't any magic number because everybody's different, right? And the credit score world looks at it the same way. If if you, as long as you can afford it and your bills are being paid on time, that's all that matters. So if you have to be late on, like the, the worst thing is to be late, 
So always okay. try to make those payments on time uh, because a late will affect you 60 to 100 points. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I guess going, going down that road, I mean, we talked about kind of what goes into it and, and everything like that. What are some of the other negative impacts someone could put on a curveball? You said late. What are some of the biggest factors that can negatively affect someone's score? Things to avoid if possible. So basically uh, things to avoid is going through a finance company. Uh, so those pools and debt is weighted more heavily uh, than a normal bank or lending institution. Okay. Can you, do you have any examples of finance companies you can give everyone? Uh, so I'll give you one in the past when, when Best Buy first came out with their uh, no money down, like 12 months, same as finance. Uh-huh. They used a finance company, not a lending bank. Right. So I went and saw a TV, got a TV. I mean, the TV was like a thousand bucks, you know, they had a 12 month, same as cash. I was like, you know, why not? Right. Well, I didn't know that they were using an actual finance company instead of a bank. And when I looked at my score, my score went down 100 points. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. I, watch out for those 12 months, same as cash. Yeah. And so just make sure that when you're doing any kind of financing through a third party, like a you know any kind of uh, large entity, that they're using a financial institution versus a finance company. Okay, is is there a way to tell? So, like, if you go on in, you see, like, the, I, just yesterday I saw the Ashley Furniture ad. It said, "Come on in, you know, twenty four months, no interest, you, you know, no payment type thing." How can how, you? What advice can you give people to check on where that financing is going through? Just look at the name. Um, if if it's a larger company that you recognize. It's usually backed by a banking institution. Uh, but if you've never seen it before, just be weary. It could still be a lending institution, but just, you know, do your research. Okay. So utilize Google to its extent. Google. Google's <laughs> everybody's best friend. Okay. So so now we see that depending on where you get your money can impact your score. Um, what else? What are the, some other things that people can avoid or that they that, to really kind of keep that score where it's at or to grow it? Uh, avoid unnecessary inquiries. Uh, inquiries play a uh, part in that credit score also. Because what happens is if you have too many inquiries, uh, it, looks at it, that, it looks at it as you are you know, desperate for money. Um, so that's kind of how the repositories look at it in the FICO score. So try, to have, try not to have any unnecessary inquiries. Um, you know, anything that, you know, that would hinder you from getting a loan. So, you know, people always say, you know, some co-signing for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wouldn't co-sign for anyone, but if you have to help them, just give them money instead of co-signing me. Because what happens is you find a lot of times, I mean, I see it every day of that's not my debt. I just co-sign for someone. Mm-hmm. Well, once you co-sign, it is your debt now. Okay. Um, so just, you know, be weary of things like that. Okay. So, um, that, that's big cause we do see a lot of that, especially as parents for kids yeah. in order to help them get a car or, or whatnot. Now do student loans impact it any other different way or student loans don't student loans are student loans. Um, but make sure you pay your student loans, never default on student loans. Uh, because basically student loans are backed by the government. So that way, if you default on a student loan, sometimes you won't qualify for government programs like you know, Fannie, Freddie, things like that. So never default on a student loan. 
Okay, so that's that's good. Um, now let's say someone uh, let's say someone gets a charge off. Is that something they should pay off, or does it go? Uh, what what does that happen when they default on on a loan, and how, how long does that hit them? How long does that stay on there for? So when you default on the loan, remember we talked about the likelihood that you'll default in that 24-month period? Mm -hmm. So you kind of got to look at it. If it's within 24 months, usually you want to pay it. If it's outside of that 24 months, you shouldn't pay it. Because what happens is once you pay that debt, that charge-off debt, it's going to re-report. But it's still re-reporting as a charged-off debt. So it will impact that credit again when it's paid. So that's why I say if you have something like that and are in the mortgage process, consult with your mortgage originator because they'll be able to look at the analytics on the back end and tell you whether you need to pay it or not. Okay, okay, that's that's interesting because you think no, you got to pay, pay it, it yeah, because that should bring it up. Hey, guess what? It's no longer default; it's there. So that's a uh, that's something I guarantee, and not a lot of people out there know. Now, now we talk about, of course, the bankruptcy and foreclosure. You know. I know that you know they stay on for each of them stay on what ten years and seven years. Seven Which to ten years. Seven. Um, so usually it's it's seven. Uh, some bankruptcies can go to ten, uh, but they have to drop off then at ten years. Okay. And now what about like say they have a collection or a charge off or something like that? Is there a certain time frame for those? Those are seven years. Seven years also. So the older it gets, even if it's outstanding balance, the better your score is going to be. Yes. Okay, now what if you're an authorized user on someone's cards? Do you suggest that? or, or what? I mean, So I do. So authorized users for someone that, you know, doesn't have any credit or looking to establish credit is great because basically your oldest trait, when you co-sign someone and add them as an authorized user, their trade line becomes yours. So even if you've had a credit card for 10 years, basically what you can do is add someone as an authorized user and they get it, it's retroactive. Okay. So it goes back that 10 years and basically builds that score from there. Oh, wow. Okay. So you basically get to inherit some of their good deeds. Hopefully yes. their good deeds. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So that's, that's interesting too. So we talk about a lot of the negative and of course positive is pay your bills, keep the inquiries down. Now, now um, one thing I hear, especially for the inquiries, like you go to a, a car lot to buy a car and uh, they used to use the term blasted around the world to see which financing deal is the best so they would i remember back in the day they'd actually put it on a fax your application <laughs> on a fax and then hit every pre-program oh, financial wow. institution out there and blast is that is that kind of do people do that now i mean oh yes they still do that in the auto industry um but what you have to realize is as long as it's within that 30-day window the repositories do give you an an object you know to shop okay so you can shop rates uh, but as long as you do it within a certain time period, 15 to 30 days is within that time period. But it has to be within the same industry. Okay. So basically, you can't go, you know, shop for a mortgage uh, rate and then shop for a car rate the next day. That'll be a two hits, basically okay. a mortgage hit and an auto hit. But if you're in the mortgage space, just looking for a mortgage, you can shop within a 15 to 30 day window. OK, without it negatively. Yes. impacting you. OK, that's fantastic. Now, let's say. Um, I I know you said with the mortgage company to do it, but let's talk about what are things people could do on their own to help raise their score. Let's say, um, let's say they had during the bust, they had some charge offs, things like that. What's the best way for them to, to, to bring that score back up in the fastest time? Because one thing I hear a lot is all these credit companies 
that, oh, we'll fix your score, we'll fix your score. And that it, they scare me. I, I don't refer them out, not saying they're not good ones, but what what is your advice for a guy who works with it and consults with people every day? What's the best advice to someone out there maybe that wants to buy the house and and, and, and needs to get that score up? So my first advice would be if you're starting from zero, from scratch, mm-hmm. uh, stop the bleeding, which means every negative thing on that report get it taken care of. So if you're starting from scratch and let's just say you're, you're not in the home buying process, you just say, Hey, my credit scores are 500 and I need to start working, you know, on getting it up. Basically stop whatever bleed, whatever negative entity you have or creditor on that credit uh, report, call them and work out something. Uh, so you can basically get that debt basically current or paid off. And then that'll kind of stop the bleeding. And then once you stop all the bleeding, then your new thing would be to establish new good debt. Okay. So maybe like a secured credit card, because you won't, probably won't be able to get you know any other credit card. So you can do a secured credit card or something of that nature to start building your credit score. Okay. So, um, so with that being said, like to stop the bleeding, let's say earlier you said, just so I understand, everyone else understands. Um, you said like, okay, go ahead, stop the bleeding. But if they have a they have like a collection you said don't pay it if it's outside two years or is there a way to talk to the financial institution so they just drop it or how, how or? They, they probably won't drop it because basically what they usually do is sell it or something like that so what i gave you was two different scenarios okay okay so if you're in if you're looking to get a mortgage mm-hmm. then you don't necessarily want to pay off those charge off accounts okay because we're looking at the likelihood that you'll default within a 24 month period Right. Okay. So that's totally different. If you're in the you know space for a mortgage, let's just say you're close, but you know you don't know if you need to pay it off or not. Consult with your mortgage okay. consultant. Gotcha. But if you're just starting from scratch, you know you have you just want to build good credit and get good credit, then you want to stop the bleeding, which means pay off what you need to, and then you know establish new good debt after that. Okay. So. For all you out there, like like some of you millennials that are looking maybe to buy a house in a few years, or even if you're not a millennial, you're just going, I've been renting, you know, been an eternal renter. Go ahead and go and, you know, just start doing the right thing now. Take care of all the negatives, start doing the right thing now. However, if you're if you're looking, no, you know something, now's the time for me to buy, contact the, your, your mortgage professional and let them give you the guidance to do. Now, um, now with that, with the mortgage originator in that space, you know, I, I know y'all at Credit Plus offer a lot. What what are things that can be done on the mortgage side to help someone? You talked. I know we mentioned rescore things like that. Could you explain that further? Yeah. So basically, um, on the uh, on our side of the industry, which is kind of behind the scenes uh, technology piece, basically what we do is we can run analytics and basically look at a customer score and say basically if they pay down this amount on their revolving debt these are the points that they would get. Um, so the mortgage originator uses kind of our system and can take that your customer or, you know, whoever and put them in our system and say, okay, basically you have your revolving debt utilization is at 80%. Uh, if we take that 80% and make it 30, you'll get X amount of points uh, increase in your credit score. And that's kind of what happens and what basically Credit Plus does for its uh, customers it's just basically taking that that score, and basically, if there's a chance of raising it, we can help you with that. 
Okay, so so what are some, I guess, some examples and swings you've seen in scores over? Because I'm sure you have your some that hit hard and some that are beyond fantastic. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've actually seen someone go from like a 580 uh, to a 690. Oh, wow. So just overnight, just because it, if you have the money to pay down that debt, you can get the scores you need uh, or just removing a negative trade line. So let's just say there was a mistake on the credit report. And just for your information, 33% of uh credit reports have mistakes. Oh, wow. So you should always check your credit score quarterly uh, just to make sure there's nothing, especially now with technology and identity fraud, you know, always check your scores because okay. that's who you are in the financial space. Okay. Now, when you say ch- check it quarterly, I know you can, you're allowed one free credit report a year. Yep. So how would you go about checking it quarterly? Well, that free credit report doesn't give you your scores, right? right? So it's, it's kind of meaningless, right? Because you need to know your scores. Um, I mean, they have so many out here, credit karma, things like that. There's so many. Um, but one thing that I would say is, remember, those are consumer-based scores. So those scores are going to differ from what the mortgage company pulls or what, you know, auto company pulls. They're all different. Um, and the reason being is, like I said, if you check it quarterly, it can't be a hard inquiry. Right. Because it's a consumer based score. And if it was, I mean, if you check the quarterly, you know, two years, your score would be 500. Right. Okay, if it was right. a hard inquiry. Um, that's why we only pull FICOs on the mortgage side. And it is a hard inquiry because that's the difference. If you're using like Credit Karma or something, you know, they can you can look at it every day and it's not impacted. Versus the mortgage company, it's a hard inquiry. Okay. So basically, one is to check your credit status. The other one is actually applying for credit. Definitely. Okay. So the hard and soft inquiries. Now, um, what are some other things like uh, originators can do to to try to help coach their clients or, you know, even some of you out there that are on the client side? um, What are some things they could do to help coach them other than just the rescoring? I mean... Well, they can just be a resource. Um, basically, um, communication. Um, I think that's what our industry lacks with the, in the credit world. Uh, we don't communicate. And like I said before, it's such a constant contradiction. Because if you've listened to me talk the last 22 minutes, you've heard me contradict myself twice. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, pay off your credit cards, but don't pay off your credit cards. Right? Right. So that that's kind of where our industry is going. That's kind of what the CFPB is doing. It's trying to get the consumer and the lending world on the same page. So that way it won't be the fact that, oh, if you, you got to do this on this side, but not on this side. Um, and that, that's kind of where we are in our industry. Okay. So, um, so with that, you know, kind of having that, that communication, I guess, I know one thing that you should never do if you are applying for a house, do not have your credit pulled by anyone else. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want it pulled by anyone like a auto or a credit card or furniture furniture. <laughs> so that happens yeah. a lot. Um, basically 22%, it's called undisclosed debt, right? So 22% of undisclosed debt happens once that customer gets to clear to close. So basically once you let that customer know, Hey, we got a loan. Next thing they're doing is going buy furniture for that house or a new car, but always wait till the loan closes then go apply for your furniture because what happens is if your debt to income is tight, then it may push you over and you may not qualify for a house. That could change your score too, correct? It could. 
I'll give you an example. So I used to be an originator back in the day, about eight, nine years ago. And I had a guy who were ready to close. I told him we were ready to close. He went out and bought a new BMW. The payment on that BMW was $743. Well, his debt to income went over the 50% mark and he couldn't get the house. Oh, so I said, if you if you can't turn that BMW back in, <laughs> you're going to be living in it because I can't give you the house. And he wasn't able to turn it back in. Wow. So, you know. Yeah, we, get, we get excited. We're like, oh, I'm qualified. Let me go out and do everything. And sometimes it's just innocent as far as, oh, it is. I've got this. I've got to get the, you know, I've got to get furniture for it because everything is new and exciting. So uh, definitely, I love the fact you're preaching communication, communicate throughout the whole process. Uh, if you're the loan officer, communicate with your client. If you're the client, communicate with your loan officer on, on, on what needs to be done. Now, um, one more aspect I really want to throw into this. I, I know uh, I deal with a lot of real estate agents too, and I know that you get them also. What are, you know, aside from saying, hey, let the loan officer handle it, what are some, some of the advice and tips you can give to real estate agents to help them when handling clients and helping them understand, because I know like on the mortgage side, we have the risk-based pricing. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's going to get the same rate. They may have the same yeah. debt to income ratio, but if you're talking a 50, 80 point swing in scores, you're talking a difference in rate. What are some of the other, uh, the advice and, and the questions you get from the real estate side? Well, just the questions I get on, on it's just about, you know, if I have a credit customer with a low credit score, what to do with them. Um, or a bankruptcy or something like that. Uh, there are so many new programs that are coming about in the qualified mortgage space and also non-qualified mortgage space. So, you know, you'd never want to turn down anyone. So basically what you want to do is say, hey, you know, as of today, there's no program for you. Um, and then just get them over to somebody, even if it's, you know, you know, a mortgage loan officer who you know doesn't usually deal with these people or deal with people with low credit scores. Um, get them over to somebody that specializes in that uh, because they can help. They can make that difference. Because what you find out is if a customer wants to get a house, they're going to do whatever it takes. So those are the bars that you want to deal with. You want to deal with the people that are willing and ready and willing to do what it takes to get their score up to get that house. Um, and what you'll find is, you know, out of 100% of people with, you know, lower credit scores, about 16% of those actually do what it takes to get their score up after, you know, the turndown process, right? So I would say realtors, you know, get you a good loan officer who communicates with you and kind of put the customer on a, what's called a roadmap to success. Okay. Um, so that way they can kind of maneuver in this time because a loan today, I mean, a house today, is a house tomorrow, right? right? So no matter when they're ready, as long as they're ready, that's all that matters. Right. So since we use Randall and Credit Plus, you might as well reach out to us and at Southeast because we'll put you on that path to success. Yeah. You guys got some great loan officers. Uh, I know a lot here, and, and you guys do. You know, your name speaks for itself. Well, thank you, sir. So um, I guess as, as we kind of wrap up here, if there is one last bit of advice you can tell everyone out there, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're coming from, what what would that one tidbit be to keep in mind for your credit? Pay your bills on time. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I, we're definitely going with the keep it simple, stupid fact here. So um, Trust me. It's harder than it sounds. <laughs> oh, it is. I, there's those days where you're looking, do I pay this or do I pay this? I, I mean, it's, it happens. Like, 
it's like I said, we all have a life crisis, right? Things come up. And just, just you know, if you can, make those payments on time. Okay. Well, um, Randall, thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in learning more about Credit Plus and what they have to offer, just feel free to contact me and I'll get you Randall's information. That way you can sit down with you, discuss all they have to offer uh, out there to help you one, understand credit, and two, gain more clients. So, Randall, thanks again for joining us today. No, thank you, Corey. And uh, looking forward to work with you some more. Oh, yes. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in, and have a great day.